This week on Birdland BS, it's episode 62. We're calling it, we're making it rain. The Ravens make it rain against the Bills. We got Thursday night football against the Bengals coming up. The Terps start the year 2-0. And it's 5 o'clock in Birdland. Stay tuned. So let's take it to the Birdland. That Baltimore home flavor is coming firsthand. Fred Scott and Ryan, tell them the word, man. Mixing a little BS to make it work, man. Sports, they got it. On excitement, the topic. Make sure when they toss you the ball, you don't drop it. With all that swag, you're going to listen regardless. Here comes the pitch, so it's time to get it started. It's Birdland BS. What's going on, BSers? Fred and Scott. Episode 62, it's Wednesday for all you real Birdland BS followers out there. This is not our normal day. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to apologize to start off for that, uh, for the delay on this week's episode. Um, I know we have a bunch of you guys that are loyal fans out there. Tune in every Tuesday at 845 to watch us. Um, so my sincerest apologies with that. Um, I wasn't going to get into to why specifically I wasn't able to stream last night, Scott, but after the, the dozen text messages <laughs> that I received <laughs> from fans and family. I said, just putting it out there, go back and look at it, people. I said he is okay and he will be at the show tomorrow. I love all of you for being so concerned, but I wasn't dying. I wasn't injured or anything of the sort. Uh, let's just say I, I wasn't in the right state of mind uh, to do the podcast yesterday. Uh, let's take a little dive into what happened yesterday, shall we? You mean you wanted to kill some people? Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so I started off with, I had been thinking about upgrading my TV in my living room for a while. Uh, we've had the same 60 inch plasma TV now for like six or seven years. Still a great TV, but you know, for me being a techie guy, I wanted the, the latest and greatest, the 4k and the HDR and all that stuff. Right. So we've, we've got this great program uh, through work where we can purchase, you know, through straight through the manufacturers at a discounted rate. So cool. I'll go out and I'll, I'll get a really nice TV at a good price. Um, now, I'm not going to smear their name or anything like that because that's not me, but their name rhymes with shmam shmung. Um, and uh, I, I've, I've always had good experience with their products in the past. Never had any issues. So I wasn't ready to invest into a TV with them ordered a real nice TV, and they offered me this bundle package of a Schmamschmung wall mount to match perfectly with my Schmamschmung TV. I thought, great, a perfect match mount. Now I don't have to buy a universal. Like, this is perfect, right? Come home yesterday after a long day. Delivery comes. I'm all excited. I take the mount out of the box. You know, I put the template up on the wall. I drill my holes and everything. Uh, and the instructions, everything on the box says it's so easy to do, right? Drill my holes, realize none of the holes are in the studs where I want it, of course. So they give you all these options on the instructions. Like if it's not in the studs, use this. If it's not in, if it's in the stud, use that. What well, tells me to use parts F and G. <laughs> it, it had to be parts F and G, right? Right, right. <laughs> tells me to use parts F and G if it's not into a stud. F and G are nowhere in the box. I ripped this thing completely apart, head to toe, looking for F and G. 
Can't find it anywhere. So I'm looking at all these spare parts, these that I have that are for other types of wall mounts. And I'm thinking like, can I make this work? Will this, you know, hold the TV? So I'm like, you know what, before I do this and, and, and risk having this TV fall off the wall, I'm going to call Samsung tech support and just make sure it's okay. Herein starts problem number two. <laughs> problem number one is that it, I don't have the right parts. Problem number two is I call Sham, Sam, Shmam, Shmung and uh, talk to them. They tell me, uh, well, we, we recommend you call a professional installer. I said, okay, first of all, I've installed many a TVs in my day. I said, this isn't about a professional install question. I'm asking you simply, one, if F and G are supposed to be in the box like it says it is, am I just overlooking something? Or two, can I use another part to make this Where work? are F and G people? Where, Where the are hell F is F and G, right? So the guy's like, well, I can't answer these questions for you. I'm like, you're in tech support, right? And he's like, yeah, but you know, that's a sales question because they know the, the products that come within the parts. I'm like, okay. So they transfer me to sales, go through the whole thing with them. Well, that's really a technical support question. Da, da, da. I'm like, I was already there. She's like, yeah, but you understand you're talking to a sales rep. I said, trust me, I understand. I'm in sales. <laughs> I know how that goes. There's certain things. I know my restrictions, right? Well, let me get you back to another person in tech support. <laughs> Go through the same thing with this. You talk person. to Joe. Let me give you to Steve. <laughs> yeah, I go through the same thing with this person. He's like, "Well, that's actually a parts-related question because the parts department will have a breakdown of everything that's supposed to be inside of the box." I'm furious at this point. I'm like, "Here we go!" Right? And he's like, "I can't transfer you there. You have to call this number." Get off the phone. I call the number. Parts department, as anticipated, could not help me. We don't do tech support here. We just tell you if you got the right parts or not. I'm like, okay, does this box supposed to come with F and G? Yes, it's supposed to. Now, on the phone with them for over an hour, I am severely frustrated at this point. Right. I'm probably saying things I shouldn't have been saying and, and <laughs> whatever. Uh, he says, well, the only option we have here is to return it. We can't do anything for you. We can't send you the individual parts. We can return it and ship you a whole new one. I said, I'm not going through that again. I'm not getting another mount and risking that F and G aren't in the box again. I'm not going through all that. Not here to I mention am, parts A, B, and C won't be there this time. Right, here I am with holes in my wall now for a mount that I can't use. Um, I'm pissed. I'm beyond pissed. So I'm like, fine. Send me the return tag, whatever. I'll go out and buy a universal mount. Well, we had the podcast coming up. Time was ticking. I knew I wasn't going to be able to go out to the store and get them out and be able to have this all done. I've got this brand new expensive TV out of the box sitting in my living room with a hundred pound golden retriever running around like a moron. I don't know what I'm going to do with this TV. I can't do anything with it. I'm thinking, okay, let me at least put the feet on and put it up on the stand. The feet are off by a half an inch on both sides where it won't fit on the stand. So now I'm even more frustrated. Anyway, that was my, my dealings yesterday. I was in a whole nother state of mind, could not think straight, uh, did not think it would come across very well on the podcast. It's obviously not coming across very well today, <laughs> a day later, so you can only imagine how it had been yesterday. Uh, so that's where I was yesterday. <laughs> what a day. Oh, man, what a day it was. But for you guys out there that are still listening and care about anything that I have just wasted the first like five minutes of the show talking about, uh, 
Scott, you want to you want to talk about the contest that we had going on and, and giving a shout out to the listeners? Yeah, shout out to the listeners. We got up to six hundred and fifty views last week on on episode sixty one. Uh, we were shooting for a thousand, so we missed the mark a little bit. But you and I decided we're going to keep this contest going. Uh, yeah. Now it's only going to run for the week between shows. So if if sixty one, you know I'm going to change it on the fly. I'm going to change it on the fly. Any episode that we hit a thousand episode or thousand views moving forward from this episode on every episode we hit a thousand views we'll give a t-shirt away and a package away there you go do that sounds good to me all right sounds good to make that easy uh and that you know we talked about it with that that's all on on facebook so make sure that you like and share the page you know share the uh the actual episodes uh for the posts you know we're gonna we're gonna really make sure that we promote this as much as we can we've got some some stuff in the works we talked about it before uh you got to listen out soon because we've got a sponsor. Yeah, uh, fin- finalizing some of the details here. Uh, very local person, and uh, hopefully we can. I'd love to get him on the show. Yeah, uh, local promoting local. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and some people, I'll, I'll drop a hint here. Some people may recognize this person. Yeah, you may. If you're if you're an Orioles fan, we'll put it to you that way. And you pay attention to the stands. Let's yeah. just say that you pay attention to the stands. You may know who this person is. Yeah. So uh, that'll be coming up. Um, and you know, just make sure that, that you also check out the, the website. If you, if you do want to order yourself a shirt, um, you know, check out the website. There's a link, uh, to our little store with the, with the company that we work with for the store. Um, the cool thing about that one, I just ordered mine the other day. I'm going to have a new hat coming. I got a new shirt coming with, uh, with, um, it's on my shirt. It's got at birdland BS, our Twitter handle for you, but you can put your name on it. You can put a number on it if you'd like. Yeah, um, and that, cool. the hats actually, it's kind of cool. The hats, the same thing. Uh, so my hats, my hats, uh, it's going to look, going to look pretty fly. So we'll get to debut that as soon as it comes in. Nice. Uh, hopefully that'll be next week. So, but you know what? Let's, let's dive right into what everybody the, actually cares about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's dive to what everybody's tuning in for. Right. Uh, Ravens this week. Yeah absolutely destroyed they made it rain on the bills yeah it it was uh it was a it was a very pretty thing if you were a ravens fan a very ugly thing if you were a bills fan i haven't seen my neighbor down the street by the way he's a huge bills fan they're from new york (laughs) i think she's avoiding me go good (laughs) uh big shout out to engraven so for you youtubers out there um i had a chance to uh, meet up with Engraven and him and I went to the game together. You know, he's in a situation where he was hoping to get a ticket to go to the game. I offered him an opportunity. He flew up from Florida and we, we got to hang out with him a little bit at the tailgate. Yeah, man. Um, talk to him for a while. Uh, we did some live streaming from with him, uh, from down in lot H at the tailgate, had a great time. Uh, always, always like talking to him and kind of getting his insight on things. And, uh, <laughs> We were probably two of the louder people up in our section, uh, as you could tell. If you if you are an Engraven fan, he didn't have much of a voice there for the <laughs> for the first day, day and a half afterwards. Um, but yeah, man, a lot of fun. A big shout out to Engraven. Had a good time hanging out with him. Uh, but yeah, it what was it? 47, 47, to, 47 three. to three. Yeah, big big game. Um, obviously, Joe Flacco can throw a wet football pretty well. Uh, yeah, you know, compare you know, we we going into the game, uh, we had all talked about you know with the weather being the way it was, it was just it was a crappy situation with all the rain. We were a little worried going into that game. And yeah, Ryan I, Ryan was there at the tailgate too, absolutely. Uh, and Ryan and his wife, and we, we were all talking, you know, kind of talking like about the game. This is going to be, this could be really ugly, 
or it could be okay. We weren't expecting it to come out the way that it did. I don't think no. anybody was. No, I, I kind of thought the game could go one of two ways. Once the rain started happening, I thought either this is going to come down to the, the the last play of the game type of thing. It's going to just be an ugly, sloppy football game on both sides of the, you know both it's sides. Yeah, running the game. <laughs> right. It's going to be a round a running ground and pound kind of game, um, or the Ravens were going to end up winning this and shutting the Browns out or shutting the uh, Bills out. Now I didn't think it would be to this kind of level, 47 to three, maybe 17 to nothing. Yeah. Maybe 10 like to nothing, nine to nothing, like an ugly game. Uh, either way, you know, the Ravens defense is still a good defense. And when they're stacked in the box, cause all you can do is run in this weather. You're not going to score many points against this team, especially the Buffalo bills They're And when Nathan Peterman's your quarterback. Yeah. And their offensive line is awful. I want to say, I think they picked up like two or three guys off of the 53-man cuts like just to help their offensive line out. And it didn't do anything. It, it didn't do any good for them. Um, but a couple things, a couple of notes. Uh, we got to see a little bit of Lamar Jackson. Uh, just setting up the Lamar package for at some point during the future. Yeah, I mean. That's all that was. There it was. Week one, he was out on the field, even in the, in the bad weather and everything. So it doesn't look like the Ravens have any hesitations with – Using them out him, there. And, and I did find it interesting that each time was in the red zone. Yeah, well, that was kind of that was kind of my thoughts with it. Is is Joe has always been great. Well, great's a strong word. Joe has always been good uh, between the twenties, where he struggles and where the team has struggled the most has always been in the red zone. And when you have a guy like Lamar, who you know when when you watch him run when he takes off with the ball. You're almost like, oh, you know, like it, was, it wasn't a big run. But next thing you know, he, he took a chunk of six or seven yards. And his yeah. six or seven yards really only looks like two or three yards. But because he's got that speed and he can get around the edge, you know, he, I mean, he led the Ravens uh, this week in yards per carry, uh, even over top of Alex Collins, who didn't have the greatest of games. Um, but it, it was good to see them using him uh, and and – you know, mixing it up a little bit, whether he throws, whether he runs, whether Joe Flacco keeps the ball. What, what was your take on on Lamar? Uh, I definitely thought it was interesting. I mean, it the one thing I, I didn't like you gave you gave away what you were doing when you put Flacco out at wide out. <laughs> like yeah. everybody on the field, everybody in the stands, we all in the section that I was in, we all just looked at like they're handing Lamar the ball and running him towards towards the opposite side from Joe. Nobody's dumb. Joe's not blocking. Joe's Joe's sitting over there. It's raining. I'm not moving. Right. <laughs> like right. he wasn't, and he didn't. He literally just stood up when well, the play happened. Joe has also caught a pass or two in his day. Uh, so even if he's a decoy down there, if they're not paying, yeah. But Lamar wasn't the one throwing the pass. It was you know somebody that was, was un- a little bit unexpected. It was Troy Smith, but yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, you mean Troy Smith? No, Troy Smith. Troy Smith, he was our uh, uh, way back another okay. Heisman quarterback that we had from Ohio State back in the day that never amounted to much in the NFL. But nonetheless, um, the wide receiver core was was one of my big surprises. I think of the game, the fact that Flacco did a really good job of distributing the ball around to all of his receivers. Um, we got to see touchdowns by all three of the new receivers: yeah. Crabtree, John Brown, Sneed. Um, I say Crabtree with some hesitation because in the beginning he had a few drops, it looked it, ugly. It looked ugly in the beginning. They, uh, we had talked about it earlier. Um, Crabtree was something that we both noticed came out with no wide receiver gloves on. And I thought, all right, maybe he's just trying to get 
a better feel for the ball, and he thinks that you know he'll have better grip without the gloves on. And he dropped his first two passes, and I thought, well, he better go put the gloves back on because it's not working without the gloves. <laughs> and he did. He went and put the gloves back on, and he came out for like two drives with the gloves on, but then they never threw him the ball. He takes the gloves off, comes back out, and then he catches one of the best toe touches Oh yeah, in the Beautiful. back of the end zone that I've seen in a very, very long time. Not only did he get both feet in, but he got this his first foot in twice. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it, it was really, really impressive. And and from our point of view, uh, being in the upper deck, it's kind of hard to see, you know, the feet. But man, when they showed it on that jumbotron, unbelievable! Oh, yeah. and I were just flipping out about it. Oh yeah, it was an amazing catch, and the timing and the the fact that Joe's going up and and making it look like he's getting ready to spike the ball. Right. Under center. Joe doesn't get under center very much. Right. And so he, when he gets under center, you think he's going to spike the ball at the end of the quarter. No, he played it perfectly. Yeah. And it just, it worked perfect. And it's, Crabtree played it perfectly as well. He did a slight hesitation move. Right. To get the guy to, to just be lax for, ju- I mean, you watch it back on video. Go back and don't watch the toe tap. Go back and watch him. Just that slight hesitation create separation the cornerback just dropped his shoulders just a hair and boom he was off and that's what we talked about before you know with crabtree kind of lacking in the speed department he's got to be he's got to be smart yeah absolutely. Uh, he's got to be able to use his body and he's got to be able to use his intelligence to create space and and to get open and that's a that's a prime example of what he did there was like you said, slow down just enough to get the receiver up on his body and to delay him, slow him down a bit, yeah. then took that step away from him to create space uh, enough to keep his feet in on an amazing catch. Um, yeah, I, I think, again, all across the board, wide receivers looked good. John Brown looked good, man. Yeah, that, him him and Flacco really have a good the first The first pass of the game, him going out to John Brown, that was, it literally was right in front of me. Yeah. And – you watch Brown, and that's the second when he went up. I didn't realize up until that point from where I was and where they were on the field, I didn't see that it, he didn't have gloves on. But I saw the hands come up, and I was like, "No gloves, please catch!" Like, <laughs> like you better have some tackle on that right. <laughs> on your hands, Stick dude. <laughs> and it, it he caught it. it was great catch, and yeah. it was perfect. Um, you know, so I think I think that was a great. I like the fact that it was the person that probably most people didn't expect was getting the you know getting the majority of the throws, but at the same time they were covering tra- Crabtree and Snead a little bit more. Uh, you know, Snead didn't get very many touches on the ball. Um, I think he, I didn't look you, at the numbers. You to saw see how. more out of Snead later in the first half and in the, in the beginning of the second half. Uh, what I liked about Snead was he had a little bit of a, a little bit of a toot to him, man. He, he oh could, yeah, he caught the ball in traffic, and uh, you know he muscled his way in for that six yard touchdown. Yeah, uh, or well, six yards is what he kind of scrambled for after a contact to get into the end zone. Um, so it's good to see that. Uh, I just think overall the offense played great. Uh, obviously, we could have seen. Um, some better play from from the running game. But with the way Flacco was throwing the ball, the way the defense was getting the ball back, you know, we didn't really need to run the ball very much. No. And uh, special teams with Janarian Grant. I mean, great yeah. run back by him. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, what, a 50-yard return, right. punt return. Uh, again, he fielded that right in front of me. It was perfect. It was great. The one thing that I kept watching in the first half, especially in the first quarter, where when they were kicking the ball our way, uh, was he, and he seemed to do it throughout the game. These guys are, are they're not driving forward. And maybe it's because it's early in the year. 
but there's a lot of lateral movement when you got a guy in front of you. And it seems like everybody's trying to play that shifty, you know, break his ankles game. Right. Sometimes you have to recognize you just got to go at him and you're going to get the yard or two because there were two or three times where he's trying to play shifting shiftiness with this guy and here comes another guy flying in and they stopped him where he was. He right. got like maybe an extra yard versus if he would have just kept going and powered through it, he probably would have gotten another three, four, five yards. Yeah. Um, you know, on top of it. So it was my only my only complaint out of out of that. Um but I think overall he the the special teams played well. Going back to Grant, I mean Janarian Grant is a very shifty guy, and that's kind of how he's going to create yardage is is by he's got good he's got good quickness. He's not fast at all. No. But his we we call it shiftiness, shiftiness but right? His, but his quickness is what he's got good feet. He's got good feet, and he's got good body control where he can absorb a tackle and make a tackler fall off of him. That's that's something that it's 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 a feel. Uh, you know, playing football for years, uh, it's it's a feel that you have where you know you you anticipate the hit coming. You kind of see where what side of your body it's coming from, and in a way, you almost let that side of your body go limp. Right. Because if you're if you're standing there as a stiff runner and you're just coming straight at him, he's got a hard target to just grab onto and pull down. But if you're if you just kind of let that side of your body go limp, people tend to fall off. Yeah, it's absorb and, the impact and yeah, let it bounce off almost. If you, yeah. If you watch him, he's got the ability to do that. Where he lacks is the straight ahead speed. Right. Uh so that's where Janarian Grant's going to struggle the most. I think he ran like a four six five forty or something like that, which isn't isn't very good for a returner in the NFL. But again, that's combine. What we saw in the game, uh I was pretty impressed with. He had obviously yeah. he had the one uh missed muffed kick. Right. Uh, but in the rain, wet football, rookie, you know, you're going to expect things like that to happen. It was no harm, no foul. Ball ended up going out of bounds anyway, and it stayed with the Ravens. Um, but, yeah, definitely liked what I saw out of Janarian Grant. Yeah, huge, huge game for him. Um, and the team, the other thing that I like, you know, from a defensive side of the ball, they showed up and they didn't let off the gas. That was yeah. one thing that you and I have been very critical of and very, what we said would kind of make or break our opinions of this season is that when they got ahead on a team – Especially these teams that they're expected to do well against and they they're favored against. You can't if you get ahead of them, you can't let off the gas. And boy, didn't they? Yeah. They they stayed on top of them. They were getting the sacks left and right. You know, even when Josh Allen comes into the game, they pick up a sack. You know, it, it's it was the overall game of saying we're not going to let you go. They right. wanted they wanted that. I tell you what, at defense, they were they were pissed when they gave up that three points. Oh yeah, absolutely. they were pe- they wanted a shut. They want when you got into the into the, the third quarter, they wanted the shutout. Yeah, and honestly, that that the shutout really came from a BS pass interference call on Brandon oh, yeah. Carr. That was awful. There was no contact there at all. All these phantom calls. He turned around and was looking for the ball. Clearly, I mean, if you watch the replay, it, it was an awful call, and, and that obviously led to the field goal. Uh, so yeah, the Ravens don't get the shutout, but ne- nonetheless, a huge, huge defensive performance. Um, and one thing that you know you and I had talked about before the season started, one thing that we were impressed with um, from the preseason was the pass rush, and that was something that 
continued into week one. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, they, they were on top of it with all the sacks. You know, Sizzle getting a sack again. You know, we called him out on, on the, the previous show. You know, that he's he's getting up there and how much more well, he's he's proven he's able to be out there with these young with these young guys uh young getting a sack yeah young really impressed me man his his we talk about sideline to sideline quickness like his ability to close on a runner uh is yeah. really really impressive um didn't hear a whole lot out of Matt Judon but one guy that stepped up and had a big game um and I wasn't really sure on what to expect from him was Darius Smith. Uh, this guy uh, was a monster. Uh, I want to say he he could have had three, maybe even four sacks during that game had things kind of broke his way and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, man, he was in the backfield wreaking havoc all game long. Tim Williams, another one in situations when they used him, was constantly in the backfield. Uh, yeah, they were putting they were pr- putting pressure on Peterman left and right. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's just again we talk about this all the time, but the the pass rush is so critical to the defense and the ability to defend the pass because again, the more pressure you get on a quarterback, the more uncomfortable they are. the The less your corners and your safeties have to cover. It's just it's it's good for the defense as a whole. Uh, and that was that was one of the things that were my biggest takeaways from the game. Uh, was the pass rush for sure? Yeah, no, absolutely. Right on, right there on with you. Uh, you know, one thing on the on the other side of the ball that we didn't bring up, Dixon <laughs> and Graven's boy. Yeah, Kenneth Dixon is a guy that uh, he's a glass man. He really is. It's 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 sad because you can see in flashes when he plays. You see the sparks. He's like... got he's got potential, but. Like Engraven said, what does potential do for you if you can't stay on the football field? It means nothing. And that's that's been this guy's entire NFL career so far. He has not been able to stay on the football field. And him and I were talking about it before the game. We're like, all right, let's let's put it all aside. Let's give him a break. Let's see how he does for a couple games, you know, whatever. <laughs> game one. It didn't <laughs> even last that long. Um yeah, so Dixon to the IR and the Ravens recalled DeLance uh DeLance Turner from the practice squad. A guy that um, came on late in preseason. They didn't really use him much uh, no. in the first couple preseason games, but you saw he has the ability to make big plays. Uh, he's, again, another guy that's got some decent speed. Uh, I think that he's he's a good change of pace um, between, you know, the t- obviously your 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 horse is going to be Alex Collins all year oh, yeah. long for all you fans out there that are panicking about Alex Collins, not having a great week one relax. The weather was awful. The passing game was fire. Like they didn't need to rely on Alex Collins very much. And the running game at all. I tell you what the passing game, if anything, the fact that we should just showed Cincinnati and all these other teams, what we're able to do in the rain with right. this team. Right. You know, it, everybody knows those conditions were not there. Yeah. Everybody was expecting a running game. And guess what? They didn't get it. So when you do that, all you're going to do is you're going to open up the running game. When you can put the ball deeper, oh, you yeah. can put the ball over the middle and not be scared and scared and know that your your team is going to get the ball and, and control it and catch it, you know, with the exception of, of those few drops, you're going to be able to open it up for them a lot more than people think. Absolutely. And Collins is – I think Collins – 
I think you see a little bit of a bounce back against Cincinnati. Oh yeah, I think I think yeah, I think he bounces back in a big way against Cincinnati. Um, so just pump your brakes. Pump your brakes on everything, right? So this, I we, I know we won forty-seven to three. This team's not going to be a forty-seven to three team every week, week in and week out. So relax with that. Um, but again, Joe Flacco threw for two hundred and thirty some yards and three touchdowns in like two and an eighth of quarters right play i mean they they took him out i think with like 12 minutes left in the third quarter yeah could you imagine what this guy's stats would have been had he played the entire game uh i mean through the roof yeah it it was insane uh so yeah ravens win 47 to 3 now 1 and 0 we head to cincy uh on the road who's coming off of a 34-23 34-23 win in Indy versus the Colts. Uh, we saw, you know, Andrew Luck obviously come back. and Didn't and look bad in his, in his return. Didn't I, look bad, yeah. You got to put one foot in front of the other. You yeah. know, you got to set your expectations with this guy. But uh, he 100% gives this this the, the Indianapolis Colts a better chance week in and week out of winning. Yeah. Um, Everybody's worried about the turnaround on this with the, you know, with the basically a three day turnaround. I have to say, you know, I, I'm not as worried about. You have to understand when they when they have games like this and they have these short turnarounds, they're game planning. They game plan for this last week. Right. They're just doing. They did a walkthrough yesterday. They did a walkthrough. I'm sorry. They did a walk walkthrough on Monday. They did a little bit more physical walkthrough on Tuesday, and then today they're traveling. So, you know, maybe tonight there's a small, like, team meeting, walkthrough, check right. and film, stuff like that. And then tomorrow it's game time. Yep. So, you know, it, you have to recognize they game plan for this. And it's not just us. It's Cincy. Cincy's going short, too. Yeah, and if you're going to do this, better to do it in the beginning of the year when exactly. you're still fresh. And there's no competitive advantage here. Cincy's on the same schedule that we're on. Uh, as far as, you know, they're not coming off of a Sunday game or a Monday game and they've got longer, you know, time in between or anything. Time off is time off is the same. Well, I tell you, uh, one thing that I thought was was interesting to hear, uh, there was in, um, Dennis Pitta, you know, he's on some of the yeah. local shows and stuff like that. And he said one of his statements was the fact that he's going through and he used to love, he was, he was like, you won't hear very many players, if but a few say this. He said, I used to love Thursday nights and here's why. Yes, I, especially for them, a situation like this where it's early in the season, yeah, you have to wait till your bye week for week ten, but you get a break and you get the recover. You get the extra recovery afterwards. Right. So you you know you get a week and a half, whereas everybody else is getting maybe a week, you know, to recover. Right. So that he said normally when you play a game on Sunday, you're you're a hundred percent maybe Friday. Right. So yeah, they're not going to be going into the game a hundred percent. But a, it's at the beginning of the year, so you're a little bit fresher. You have a little bit more fresh bodies out there as well. And then the fact that you have a little bit longer recovery time to come back in week three. Yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting. It's a different. It's a different take on it. You know, I know. I do know a lot of players have been quoted as saying they hate Thursday night football and it's annoying and they just need to. You know, it should. Just, but at the same time. Are they thinking about it from a from a perspective like Pitta? You're getting an extra recovery day, and really, it's kind of kind of like getting an extra week off. Right. Not fully, but it's kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, it's all in how you look at it. It's all it's it's a lot of it's mental. Uh, but again, no competitive advantage here. Everybody's kind of on the same playing field as far as time off goes and everything. Um, but yeah, so we go into Cincy. A team that uh, has been a little bit of a of a bug up our butt, uh, for for the lack of a better term, for for the past few years. Um, 
most recently, obviously the last game of last year that knocked us out of the playoffs. Um, I wonder if that carries an edge for the Ravens going into Cincy. Do they, you know, do they, obviously they, you know, they're talking about it in the interviews and all that stuff that, you know, how they couldn't sleep and Tony Jefferson's heart sunk and didn't come back up for three days. And there's all these players with, with recapping their feelings from last year is last year, last year at this point, or do they get a little bit of an edge going into uh, to Cincy to kind of stick it to them? Last year better be last year at this point. Yeah. I mean, you better be over it. It's it's to hang on to something like that. Yeah, is it in the back of people's minds? Yeah, but you can't. This is a different team. Yeah, but you can also use it to your advantage. You can also use it to as motivation type thing. Uh, and that's more what I'm saying is is do the do the Ravens go in there a little bit more extra motivated based on what happened to them last year uh, by getting knocked out of the playoffs? Andy Dalton had a big game uh, against the Colts. Joe Mixon. Uh, the Cincinnati's running back has leaps and bounds improved from where he was his rookie year. Uh, some people out there are even saying that he should be considered in the whole Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, top of the tier running back group. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far yet. He needs to kind of prove himself for a stretch of games before you start kind of comparing him there. Right. Uh, but this is a guy that came with a lot of baggage uh, out of – out of Alabama, obviously had the uh, domestic uh, abuse case that was going on against him, or domestic assault case. Right. Um, has kind of turned his his life around a little bit and uh, stayed out of the out of the out of the news in a bad way, and uh, has looked pretty good uh, so far this year. Yeah. No. Absolutely. In week I mean, one. it's you can't can't deny the numbers. I mean, simple as that. Yeah. Dalton, talk about numbers, 21 for 28 with 243 yards and two touchdowns against Indy. It's nothing to bat an eye at. No. Uh, now, Indy's defense is no Ravens defense. No. Um, and we'll see. I mean, look, Ravens went in week one in Cincy last year and shut Cincy down shut in, at home, shut them out in their own stadium. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we see that again this year. I'd be great. I'd be happy to see that. But uh Either way, this is a big game for the Ravens. Every division game is big. And I know it's hard to say week two that this means so much. In football, you have so few games. Every game means something. Every game can put you in or out of the playoffs. It's a little bit different in baseball when you're playing 162 to be able to say, oh, this game put us out now. But in football, yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah, and you go, you look at last week, the Steelers took on the Browns and – Ended in a tie, and you you might look at that. You can look at it one or two ways. That could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. But a tie is still a half a win. And yeah. when you're talking about division wins, you get down to the end of the year, and you've got the same amount of wins as the Steelers, but the Steelers have that extra tie. That gives them the division title over us. So, again, every division game matters. Cincinnati has always been a thorn in our side. Um, so this is a game that that I want to see the Ravens come out same way that they came out last week, strong. Um, you know, you might see a change in game plan, obviously, from team to team. Yeah. Uh, they may obviously try to get Alex Collins in the running game more involved than they did last week. You have to. You have to, right. Um, but I'd love to see the Ravens come out, first drive of the game, put seven on the board, and just keep the pedal – to the metal. Yeah, you have to. I mean, the, the the big thing for the defense is, you know, we talked about Dalton, but also A.J. Green. 
Yeah. You know, averaging 15.3 yards per reception in that game, six receptions for six for 92 yards with one TD. While he didn't light it up with over 100 yards, he's still a threat, people. you got to oh, yeah. remember that. Dalton's going to go to him if it's a tight spot. That defense better be finding A.J. Green. Oh, yeah. A.J. Green, without a doubt, is one of the best top-tier wide receivers in this league. And now the Bengals get back John Ross, who was their number one pick in the draft last year, who ended up getting injured. Uh, But this is a guy that's got amazing speed. Um, Imagine Bashad Perryman, but actually with hands. Uh, Yeah, this guy's got... (laughs) Really good speed. He's got the ability to catch the ball. So you can't just put all your focus on A.J. Green because Ross will kill you. Yeah, no. Um, and one of the things that, uh, going back to last week, that I was I was pretty impressed with, Marlon Humphrey played a hell of a game. Uh, granted, he didn't have the best quarterbacks thrown against him, but nonetheless uh, played most of the game against Kelvin Benjamin, shut him down pretty well. Brandon Carr had a big game. Yeah. Um, Brandon Carr is going to struggle against the faster wide receivers. So this will be a challenge for him last next week. I agree. Uh, um, I, you know, it just kind of depends on do they lock Marlon Humphrey up with AJ green and keep Humphrey on AJ green all week or all game. And then you leave Brandon Carr out, you know, I think with you, him. I think you have to do that. And then you give, you give him help with Tony Jefferson Yeah, over the top, you know, let what, will be the inside guy. Um, you know, as far as safety goes, I, I think that's going to be your best your best option there. And sorry, you brought up Perryman. You brought up Ghost here. He reportedly worked out for the Vikings this past weekend. They have Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Laquan Treadwell. Mm-hmm. He's trying to be number four. Fan sided. If you ever watch any of the articles that they put out, they had an article that came out that said Perryman is a quote unquote upgrade from the other guys on the team (laughs) how sad Uh, is that how much are you grasping at straws that you are going to go to ghost and the worst (laughs) hands in the league yeah Uh, like that makes absolutely no sense to me why would you even why would you even think that would be okay like why would you even think that that would be something that we would want to do i mean i get it you know he was a first round wide receiver Maybe, you know, you think from the outside looking in, you look at it and you go, all right, the Ravens are terrible at drafting wide receivers. They're terrible at developing wide receivers. Maybe it's not so much him. Maybe it's them. So let's let's take our a look at him. You know, they haven't seen him day in and day out like we have. We've seen him through training camp. We've seen him through practices. Like, Brashad is what Brashad is. He has no hands. He has stones for hands. But maybe they think it's a developmental thing. Maybe they think it's a mental thing. Some people just like a challenge. Who the hell knows? But yeah. if if any of you out there in Viking land can get to your GM, stay away from that guy. We're just trying to be friendly and, and give you the heads up. Don't no, sign no, 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 no. Take him, make him your one number one receiver. Take him, make him your <laughs> Pittsburgh. Pitt, I hear Pittsburgh could uh, use Pittsburgh, totally Go different. ahead. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, let's take a second and do a uh, do a quick little social media shout out here before we get into some Terps football. All right, sounds good. Uh, on Facebook, I see you, Debbie. I see you watching Ryan. Uh, well, a couple Ryans actually. I yeah, see a few, few Ryans. of you there. Uh, Jamie, I'm sure you're downstairs watching. James, as always, uh, and that's all I see on my end. I don't know if you see anybody on your end. Uh, I'm a little bit limited on my end because because we're uh, we're monitoring a little bit differently this week. Ah, okay. Uh, what do we got but, going on on Twitter? 
uh, on Twitter. We've had a few people come in, and you know nobody's really chiming in. We just had uh, Banda Corsi uh, join us. A Camison has been has been watching. Uh, so we have had plenty of people doing it. For those watching on Twitter, please during the live, please feel free to comment, leave comments, talk to us. You know, we're retweet the, the feed, retweet the feed. You know, get it out there. Um, you know, I've seen several retweets kind of come across as we've been doing this. So we appreciate those of you that are doing it. Uh, we're going to be going live on Twitter. It's going to be our, our new thing uh, for a little while. So you know, be be kind of watching out with it. Um, so again, social media wise, Facebook, we're looking to get our our views up yeah. um you know and any anyone that we get over a thousand views on uh we are going to give away a birdland bs package including a shirt magnet and some stickers yeah. um and that's for any any of our uh videos that are over a thousand views so to be qualified you have to like our page and you have to share uh, the the posts and share the vid- the post for the videos. Um, so definitely be be sure to check it out. And who knows if we get enough uh, Twitter, we might have to do the same thing for Twitter. If we get enough views on Twitter at some point, yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see what's going on. Ryan, so, I, I see you out there, man. Fifteen years season ticket holder. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully you'll you'll come back and and watch us again. But uh, thanks for for watching the stream. He's saying he's oh, by the way he's a fifteen year season ticket holder with uh. The Terps. Oh wow! Yeah, awesome. so that's why he he's actually chimed in. He asked if we were going to be talking Terps, uh, if we were going to talking Terps basketball or, or uh, football when the Ravens were seasons or whatever. I was like, uh, that's going to be coming up here shortly. Just yeah. don't worry, we're coming up to it. Matter of fact, let's hop right into it. Yeah, so, man. So yeah, the the Terps. We haven't had a ch- whole lot of time to really talk about them. We try to keep this show to an hour, hour and a half at most. And with everything going on with the Ravens, uh, we've kind of we've kind of skimmed over the Terps and. That's not fair. We're well, a, we're a Maryland sports pro, uh, podcast, so let's let's talk to, a little to Terps. Be, to be fair, we did hit on the Terps a little bit. It just wasn't in the best of light because of yeah. the situation. So we've decided. We've Brian, you actually are not the you know the first one to to say something about it. We've actually had some other people yeah. say something, uh, but I know that you've been watching almost every week over the past few weeks. So we're going to be uh, kind of getting into it every week now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Terps. Started off season 2-0 and with two big wins. Uh, obviously, week one coming up against Texas. Uh, they beat a ranked t- uh, Longhorn team 34-29. to uh, That's two years in a row now that the, the Terps have started off against Texas uh, and ended up with, with wins last year in Texas, this year at home oh, yep. in Maryland. Uh, big win there. You know, it, obviously, the, the team had a lot of controversy around it, and they've been through a lot. Uh, so for me, it, it was it was good to see the players rally together uh, and, and rally around the situation and and play as well as they did. Because uh, you know, at the end of the day, this is about the kids, right? This is about the players, and they did nothing wrong in this situation. Yeah, no. Say what you want about the program. Say what you want about the coaching staff. Say what you want to say about the president of the school. That's all fair. That's all fine. But at the end of the day cheer these players on you know for i I, from from anything you know i look at it and say they lost so especially the o-line yeah they lost not just a player but to many of them a friend yeah just you know two months ago i guess through almost three months ago at this point right they lost a player and they're playing they're playing the hard out for him yeah you know they came out i in the first game i thought it was a great tip of their cap that they 
go out with the empty spot for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I thought it was it was uh, who who do they? I can't even remember who they played. I'm like drawing a blank right now. But the, last the, week, Bowling yeah, Green, Bowling Green, they declined the penalty. Yeah, you know, I thought oh, you're that, talking about the first the first week, first first week, week was first against week, Texas. Yeah. Texas. So I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's so you know that's Texas declining. You know, and saying we're gonna we're gonna decline that. But I thought that, I was I thought that was an underrated move. Absolutely, I, I totally very agree. underrated. Totally agree. So yeah, week one, big win against Texas. Uh, Saturday, this past Saturday, took on Bowling Green, and if you looked at it on paper, uh, should have been an easy game for the Terps to handle. Uh, but man, they came out the first half. It was sloppy, wasn't it? It was real sloppy. Um, I mean, they had big plays, but all of everything was just negated by penalty after penalty after penalty. It seemed like on every play there was a yellow flag uh, being thrown for something. A lot of the a lot of the calls were on the offensive line, whether they were holding or you know, yeah, things of that nature. Um, but man, I, I tell you, second half obviously a big turn. Uh, you know, with the the, the final score ended up being forty five fourteen. This team rushed for over four hundred yards as a team. They have one hell of a stable of running backs there. Yeah, you were able to watch a lot more of this game than I was. You said the running back core just looked on fire during this game. Yeah, their runners, no matter who they had back there, um, you know, they have Lorenzo Harrison. They got um, McFarland. um, They've got, um, oh, what's the guy? Smith. uh, I can't think of his last name. Uh, either way, they had four running backs, three of which had over 100 yards rushing each. It was really, really impressive to see. And they've got another guy um, in in uh, Funk who who is out. Uh, so they, they've really got a stable of five legit running backs down there in, in Maryland. Now, the one thing that I thought I'd see a little bit more progress, progress with would be the quarterback play, Kasim Hill. He was a guy that... You know, um, matter of fact, let me take it back a little bit. So was it last year or the year before? You think the year before, Dwayne Haskins, uh, who is the quarterback now starting at uh, Ohio State, he was being heavily recruited by Maryland, had committed to Maryland, um, and then like right before commitment, signing time, uh, changed his commitment from Maryland uh, to Ohio State. And now he's doing big things in Ohio State. I'm sure you're liking that, Fred. <laughs> I am a Ohio State fan, so I'm okay <laughs> with it. I was I was actually kind of disappointed because I wanted to see Haskins come here. Haskins was highly rated, a uh, really good pocket passer. But nonetheless, he goes there, and, and Maryland saves grace by bringing in Kasim Hill, who was also another local quarterback who was, you know, in pretty high regard. I think he was a four-star, three-star quarterback. Um, so, I mean, he had, you know, had, had some good – uh, he played really well in high school. Uh, so he got a little bit of playing time in the very beginning of the season last year as a as a freshman, but then went down with injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought, okay, you know, he's had a year to kind of get adjusted to college life. He's had a year to, you know, kind of progress in things and get back from his injury. Uh, now, granted, it's only two weeks into the season, but this is also against some of your softer competition. You know, you, you gotta you gotta kinda get things going in the right direction now before you start getting into Big Ten play. Yeah. Um and I haven't seen enough out of him yet. Um fortunately enough, like I said, the running game has been super strong there. 
and we'll see how long that that can carry us. You know, this offensive line, once you start getting up against some of the bigger defensive tackles and whatnot in the, in the Big Ten, they may struggle, uh, and the running game is obviously going to be affected by that. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. Well, speak, speaking of, of defense, I know you said that Isaiah, Tom, or Isaiah Davis, um, the inside linebacker, had two sacks in big first half for him. That, that guy game. was all over the field. Uh, yeah, he had a huge game. Uh, considering uh, he was kind of thrown into uh, the position this year when um, – um, man, I'm drawing blanks with these guys' names because it's been so, while, so long since we talked about the Terps. But – Guy went to the NFL, can't think of his name. I don't think he's actually on a roster right now. But anyway, Davis steps up for his, you know, in a big way, had two sacks, again, all over the field. Um, it was it was a really good defensive game for this team once they got out of the first half. Uh, they were flying all over the field, uh, really didn't give their quarterback much of an opportunity to to throw the ball. Right, uh, made him uncomfortable. They ended up going switching to their their backup quarterback like midway through the third quarter, uh, just to try to take the pressure off. But yeah, Terps start off the year two and zero. They take their next game uh, home this Saturday against Temple, uh, twelve o'clock. Which again, on paper, should be another game that they should be able to start the year off three and zero. Hopefully. Um, you know, hopefully they, they, they stay with the intensity that they've been playing with yeah. uh, and don't take a night off. This Each win, you know, for, for college football, for you guys out there that aren't real, real versed on college football, you need at least six games. You need at least six wins to become bowl eligible. He said J.C. Jackson, by the way. Ah, that's his name, J.C. Jackson. Yes, thank Ryan. you. Thank you, Ryan. Um, yeah, so you need, <clears throat> you need six games to become bowl eligible. And again, once you get into – Big Ten play, you start playing the likes of Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State, State and whatnot. Yep. The wins are going to become harder and harder to come by. Uh, so these games here that are on paper that you should win, you need each and every single one of them if you want to become bowl eligible. Yeah, you have to. And it's you know that's obviously all these teams' goals, not just from a standpoint of you know getting a championship, but let's not forget that there are financial backings behind bowl games. Absolutely. So you get into a bowl game, there's – there's financial backings from the NCAA, yeah. you know, and it's for, for, for these guys for extra scholarships to you know, for extra recruiting, things like that. So it's, it's not just a, we want to get there to win a championship. There are things that come along with it that you have to remember, you know, these schools need, want, and are driving for. Yeah. So that's like you said, every little one of those things, even just getting to the bowl game gets you something. So you've got to win those small games on paper. And how much how much this would mean to this team, considering the situation and what they've gone through, what this would mean to Matt Canada, you know, taking over as the head coach now with Durkin still being under investigation and right. suspended by the university. Um, you know, this would be huge for him to be able to take a team going through adversity like this going back to a bowl game, which they haven't been in a few years. Um, so, yeah, they, again, started off the year great, 2-0. and Go into te- or going home against Temple. You need to get this win. You're halfway there at that point. You get that win, yeah. you're halfway there to being bowl eligible. Uh, so we'll see what happens. One thing in Birdland, not going so well. You called this segment. It's 5 o'clock in Birdland, Scott. It's five o'clock somewhere, and it's five o'clock in Birdland. <laughs> Everybody, grab one of these, pop open that beer, because that's what that's what this season is. You know, I, 
everybody was questioning going into September uh, the 50, 50 wins. Right. I don't think it's happened at this point. We're at 41. We're one and four last week, and we were swept by the Rays in their throwback unis, <laughs> which I love those unis, by the way. I love the old school, like purple and, and green and yellow unis. I love those. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on getting swept by that Rays team? At this point, nothing surprises me. I mean, um, again, you, you said it. We've won 41 games on this year. Uh, we haven't won very many series at all. Uh, the pitching has looked atrocious. Um, I think how they're handling Adam Jones is kind of crappy, in my my opinion. Right. Um, with keeping him on the bench. And, again, this is a guy in a contract year who has decided to stick it out for the year with the team and now they're benching him because they want to look at other players. But these guys that they have up here aren't pieces for the future. The guys that they're replacing him with aren't, aren't going to be the people that are going to bring back this rebuild and bring back the promise to Birdland. No, um, you know, that's, that's, that's my biggest gripe with this whole thing is if you really want to ev- evaluate the young talent, bring up the young talent. That's going to mean something you've got to, you know, when you look at this, at this roster for the 40-man roster. I'm just going to spiel these off real quick. Dylan Bundy, Cody Carroll, Andrew Kashner, Miguel Castro, Alex Cobb, Paul Fry, Sean Gilmartin, Michael Givens, David Hess, Ryan Messinger, Luis Ortiz, Jeffrey or Jeffrey or uh, Ramirez, Josh Rogers, Tanner Scott, Mike Wright, Jimmy Yacobonis, Caleb Joseph, Chance Sisko, Austin Wins, Tim Beckham, Chris Davis, Corbin Joseph, Nunez, uh, Jace Peterson, Brayek Valera, Jonathan Villar, Steve Wilkerson, John Androli, Adam Jones, Trey Mancini, Cedric Mullins, Joey Rickard, DJ Stewart. 90% of what you just said will not be here in the next two to three years. Let's also remember, 90% of what I just said, we've already seen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. So why would I bring up a guy like Valera and not bring up another guy that you could use in the outfield and see how he's done? Or Androli. Why would you not bring up Austin Hayes? Yeah. I know that's that's my gripe. Why would you not bring up using the LDS? Why would you not bring up Ryan Mountcastle? Exactly. You don't. You don't have a third baseman right now. You don't. Right. Nunez is playing third base for you, and he sucks. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you can't. You're obviously not worried about wins and losses. Wins and losses at this point mean absolutely nothing. No. So why not bring these guys up? When you're not losing any kind of eligibility in any kind of way or doing any kind of harm to bringing them up, you've got the best of the best as far as coaching goes, supposedly, at the major league level. Why not let them learn? Why not, you know, why not give them every opportunity that that, that you can give them to succeed? It just it, it, it rubs me the wrong way to the point where I don't even feel like watching this team on most nights. I was talking about it with somebody at work today. And the U- Diaz is probably the biggest thing that was, both of us were talking that pissed us off on this situation. Because here's a guy, you're not losing team control. Let's remember that. With every single one of these guys, it's it's not losing team control. He's in double A right now. Why not just boost him over triple A? He's been playing well. Let him come up. What does he do against at-bats and some of these pitchers? Because let's remember who we're going up against. We're going up against the Yankees, the Red Sox, the A's, the uh, White Sox, and the Astros to end out the year. So let's remember that. Let's remember these teams are in contention, so they're going to be seeing the best of the best. But but Scott, 
Bowie's trying to win a championship right now. Bowie's trying to win a championship. Did you hear that that Bowie, uh, I don't know if it was the coaching staff, I can't remember, somebody was pissed off in the front office because the Indians had Josh Donaldson down in their minor league system at the double-A level, and they were using him in playoff in a playoff game. And Bowie's like, what are you doing? You know, you're stacking your team to try to – why are you worried about double-A championships? It's ridiculous. Your biggest problem right now is your Major League Baseball product. I understand they're an affiliate, but you have to you have to recognize it doesn't matter. Because here's the deal. If somebody else goes and picks them up as an affiliate, there's going to be an opening. Because there are limitations to the number of your affiliates. Yeah, there's going to be an opening. So with that being said, I, I really don't... I, I could care less... What the hell's going on in Bowie? Great. Bowie wins a championship with a team that probably should have been here so we can see how many of these guys are going to get roster invites to spring training. Yep. That's what that's what Diaz it needs to happen with Diaz. He needs to come up so we can determine, is he, is he worth the roster invite? Because if he comes up here and he completely falls on his face and falls flat, I may not give him a roster invite. I may get him back, keep him in Bowie, keep him in double-A, let him let him start the season in double A. Is he doing okay? Oh, still doing okay. All right, let's ease him in to the majors by putting him through triple A. That's really what triple A is all about. Triple A is that that middle ground for guys that can't make that leap to say, you know what, we're going to put you back, but we're not going to put you all the way back down here. We're going to put you in with the guys that most of them have experience in the majors. Most of them. Right. So that's that's my huge thing. Bring up a guy like Diaz and bring up a guy like Mountcastle. Bring up a guy like like Austin Hayes, stop this jerk in the chain crap. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. And it's just, it, it just shows where the state of mind is for this team. And at this point, I don't care whether it's Buck, Dan, or Brady, or the Angeloses. Nobody's taking responsibility for this. Nobody's coming out and saying anything. You're all to blame now. Yeah. You're all to blame. Even I'm not blaming you for the losing season. I'm blaming you for not looking at what you have. Right. Period. Simple as that. I mean, we hit 100 losses. 40 yep. we're 40 as of Monday, we were 41 and 102. Yeah. We had 19 games left. Nine nine games isn't even thinkable. It's out of it. So, at this point, it's ridiculous and I like David Hess. But he's he got he made national headlines this past week. Did you see this pitch? Oh, the the fifty cent pitch, the one that the one that's worse than fifty cent. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> A professional baseball play, like it straight out came. They showed it. It straight out came out of his hands and went behind his head, <laughs> yeah. over to the side, over to the bench. Like uh, this year is just. I mean, anything, every game you could find a blooper reel type highlight to add to what, what was an amazing. 2018 season. The, the race commentators, too, uh, said they were like, this pitch, that just sums up the Orioles' season. Exactly. I went, yep, exactly. You exactly. got it. You know us more than we even do. Well, the Orioles are going to round out the season. Uh, they're playing uh, versus the A's right now in Oakland. Uh, then they've got the White Sox, the Jays, then home against the Yankees and Boston. That'll be fun. Uh, and then end up the season at home against the Astros. Yeah, nine games against those teams with this team. <laughs> Get out of here. 50 wins is not happening. I don't even know why we're even focused on that number. What does 50 mean to this team anyway? Um, 
been a rough year, man. It's, it's been rough. it's been really being rough. Birdland BS and trying to be as positive as we possibly can with this team, you know, without being overly homerish, uh, yeah. is is really really tough when things are going on the way that they are in the front office and and with this team top to bottom. Yeah, man. Fantasy football has been something that uh, you and I have been doing uh, together. We've got a couple things going on. Obviously, we have the Birdland BS league uh with some of you followers out there uh it's been a lot of fun so far we we uh week one is officially in the books yeah man i uh i won my first matchup against joe uh and that was without having a kicker so we we put a rule in place i put a rule in place (laughs) where you had you had to draft smart because you couldn't do any ad or drops until after week one was complete that was a rule that I put in. Keeps people from stacking up on running backs, wide receivers, things of that nature, because you need to draft backups at other positions in case something like Dan Bailey gets cut <laughs> from the Cowboys and you don't have a kicker. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, Except for maybe Cowboys. My stupidity, fans, maybe. my stupidity for not drafting a backup quarterback when I made the rule and I did this for this sole purpose, took the chances, didn't draft the backup kicker. But still ended up winning week one uh, against Joe. I know you had your matchup against Jess. Aaron Rodgers, man. I hate him, but I love him. Like, I felt bad when he went down because, like, she was – I think she, she needed, like uh, – at that point, she she was, she was had, like, 30 points or 40 points, and I was like, ah, it's not going to happen. He goes down. She texted me, and she's like, well, that was a fun week. Thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the play. And then Sucker Ta-da! comes back out. <laughs> And lights my butt up uh, to the tune of literally beating me. She beat me by three, three and a half points. Uh, I was only like 87 points, you know, at total. Ouch. And she beat me by three and a half. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, cheers to you, Jess. Uh, but I hate you at the same time because you chose Aaron Rodgers and you chose him as the first overall draft pick. <laughs> now I kind of look like an idiot because, A, I lose to him and I lose to him with that. And he was injured. Yeah, he was a pocket statue. He didn't even freaking Dude, move his, his during that game. His knee messed up. Matt, I see you uh, join the feed. I saw the video that you retweeted or you reposted on Facebook of his uh, of Aaron Rodgers' interview after the game. Dude was high as a kite. Oh, they put him on something. Yeah, drugs are bad. Let me just say, <laughs> like this, he was higher than woo. Uh, yeah, if you get a chance, go watch the interview that he did with Michelle Tafoya, I think is her name, uh, after the game. Hilarious. So if he fails a piss test, do I win that? Do I win week one? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, I need to go on a flight we to uh, Green Bay. Ru- we didn't write a rule in for that. <laughs> uh, Ryan, Redhead, haven't seen you in a while, man. We need to get you back on the show. But uh, he had his matchup against Gene, called me uh, before kickoff and is like, oh, man, Gene's an idiot. He didn't. He, he left Carson Wentz in as his starter and didn't put in a backup quarterback and blah, blah, blah. Well, Redhead, you still lost. Uh, <laughs> Gene ends up winning without out a quarterback. So that puts me at 1-0, you at 0-1, and Ryan at 0-1. Uh, I like the way that this league's going it's so far. It's week one. <laughs> you know what? We got to tip our cap to the dark horse here. Yeah. 190 points. Highest in the league by, I think, 40. Oh, easily. Jeepers Creepers, Christy. She had Tyreek Hill, who had 39.8 points. Alvin Kamara, who had 39.6. 
Russell Wilson, 23.42. Gronk, 20.80. 20.8. 20, and that's just that's just giving she you... She still her, has three more players. Right, that's just <laughs> giving you... Four more players and a kicker and a defense. All right, that's just her top four scores. I mean, across the board, her team just lit it up. Uh, so, yeah, highest scoring team of the week, Christy, with 190 points. I'm pretty sure that score may hold up for the entire year. We'll keep tabs on that as we go. Uh, but another league that we're in, uh, it's it's the Baltimore League. So for you Twitter followers out there, go follow at Baltimore One on Twitter, and it's that's based- at B R A W L T I M O R E One One, the number one. Uh, it's basically a conglomerate of a whole bunch of podcasters, bloggers, and personalities in in the Baltimore area. Um, Scott and I have a team that we drafted together in that league. We had our first matchup this week uh, against 105.7 The Fans, Kyle An- uh, Andrews. Uh, we lit him up. We made light work at Kyle. <laughs> 152 to 90. Love so you, Kyle. But. We love you, Kyle, but uh, you suck at fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> this week. This week. 152 to 90 to start the year off 1-0. This week, uh, we take on Matt Stevens of the Ravens Wire uh, and co-host of Locked on Ravens. Follow him on Twitter at Matthew S underscore NFL. Uh, good guy. Um, did great. we say? Did we say Kyle's by the way? Oh yeah, at so, Kyle Andrews nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety four, I believe. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so follow both of those guys. Uh, we have a projected score to win this week as well, Scott. One twenty six to one fifteen. Now we know projections mean nothing, <laughs> but it'd be pretty sweet to start this league off two and zero. Yeah, we need to we need to get bragging rights on this on this uh, league. That's for sure. <laughs> Hi, Scott. It's two-minute warning time. You are on the clock this week, my friend. Uh, Let's you run with this one. There were some interesting things going on in the world of sports this week. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't have too many. Again, it's it continues to be like these. It's light time on on like major sports news, but there's some sports news that I'm like I think I have like six points, but they're like long points. That so. and things that's like can't go without being said. So. All right, Scott, your two-minute warning. It starts now. Well, Serena Williams had a meltdown in the U.S. Open Finals match after being penalized game by the judge for coaching uh, when her her coach gave her a quote-unquote thumbs up. Uh, She was penalized with conduct violation by the judge after calling him a thief for taking the game from her. She's uh, she's up in arms about that. She ended up losing the match to 20-year-old Naomi Osaka of Japan uh, after Williams was also fined 17000 by the U.S. Open for her remarks. Crazy situation. Yeah. It's, it's causing all sorts of problems. Uh, in tennis as well, Novak Djokovic w- wins over Juan Martin Del Porto at the U.S. Open men's finals. Uh, with that win, he ties Pete Sampras for 14 career Grand Slam titles. And wow. now he chases Rafael Nadal, who has 17, and Roger Federer, who has 20. Uh, Novak, at 31, may be able to catch the 37-year-old Federer's 20, uh, but the 32-year-old Nadal will be a little harder to catch. 
Uh, only time will tell for those guys. Uh, in PGA Tour news, the 2018 BMW Championship uh, took place near Philadelphia this week. Wrapped up on Monday because of some play that was suspended over the weekend for heavy, heavy storms. Winner wound up being Keegan Bradley over world number five Justin Rose uh, in a one-hole playoff. Uh, but the big story, Tiger. He went into Monday tied for 11th at minus 12, ended at minus 17, tied for 6th. But during that, on Monday, he worked his way up to 4th place. Big finish for Tiger. Uh, this weekend saw our first ejection for the NFL helmet-to-helmet rule. Sean Williams ejected in the first quarter for a hit on Andrew Luck. Uh, while it did seem a little rough, malintended, and some even say a little bit late, was it really ejection-worthy? In my opinion, player safety is important, but there's a fine line that's becoming more like a broad stroke of abstract art interpretation. Finally, last but not least, in NFL news, Des Bryant was stated as saying that he had interest in Redskins and Patriots. Almost got it in. Uh, <laughs> as, as spots for his, his skill set. Less than 24 hours, both teams said, eh, we're not interested. Little little thinking point here. You mean to tell me no team is interested or is offered for Des Bryant at 29 years old? At least to be a number two or number three guy. But yet, Brad, Brashad, your friendly ghost Perryman, <laughs> is getting invites to work out. Well, I'm calling collusion on Jerry Jones uh, telling owners if he didn't want him, no one can have him. Uh, I think a lot of the Des... <laughs> Dez stuff has to do with Dez. Oh, and, Dez, and, Dez and the is the personality Dez, yeah. that that Dez is. Uh, he'll he'll be with the team before the end of the year. Teams will get desperate enough that they'll end up bringing him in. But speaking of a Bryant, though, what the hell is going on in Oakland with Martavius Martavius Bryant? This is a guy that they traded for. Then they cut him. Now they're re-signing him to another one-year deal. What the hell kind of Zoloff stuff is going on in Oakland? Uh, Somebody's got some crazy schizophrenia or some crazy like. I think John Gruden just had like John Gruden's calling the shots over there. I think it is. And he's just doing whatever he can. Man, I don't know. But Oakland uh, did not look good (laughs) in their first game. No. uh, The other started started to look good in the first quarter. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch came out like old beast mode. I mean, was. Dude, that guy is a monster when it comes to trying to tackle him. He he's got to be one of the harder running backs in the league to bring down. He just he has so much lower body strength and oh, just yeah. keeps going. It's but, crazy. Yeah, that game did not end well. No, not at all. Well, another great show, Fred. Sure. Uh, episode number sixty-two is in the books yet again. Uh, we want to remind all of you guys: be sure to check out our website www.birdlandbs.com. You saw the new stinger at the beginning. You're going to see it again at the end to remind you. Uh, go check it out there. You can find all of our episodes there. Uh, you learn about each of us. You can contact us. Some great Birdland BS gear and more. Uh, you know, Also, use that as an Amazon link. If you're ordering anything on Amazon, use that. We can get some, some kickback to help fund the show here. Uh, don't forget, too, that we are also on BirdlandSports.com, along with several other Baltimore sports podcasters and writers. Uh, there's enough content there for cover, coverage every day of the week uh, for you, and it's for fans by fans. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at BirdlandBS, at Fred Bir- BirdlandBS, at Scott BirdlandBS. Uh, check us out on Instagram at BirdlandBS. And at, as always, search us on Facebook and YouTube. Just search BirdlandBS. 
Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all those places once you're there and be a part of Birdland BS Nation. Don't forget too, if you want to give us your BS opinion and potentially have it heard on the air, hashtag BLBSNation on Twitter. That's how we're going to be able to follow those comments. Uh, I haven't seen any yet, but we want to see those. And as always, you can listen to the audio podcast on Spotify or your app of choice. Thanks for tuning in. As, as always, we'll be back next Tuesday night, next Tuesday. week. Tuesday. 8.45 Tuesday night, we will be back. For Birdland BS, I'm Scott. I'm Fred. See you guys. We'll see you.